This is a Beggy Sisa podcast. All right. I like the dogs too much. Something just happened. And this is why research into the value of therapy animals is so difficult. I believe it's an unconscious or pre-conscious processing moment. Can dogs help child victims of sexual abuse find justice? And if so, how does it work? Hello, I'm Mia Malan. Our reporter Darshan Moodley visited the Teddy Bear Foundation for Abuse Children in Johannesburg to find out how dog therapy works. The dogs help to prepare abused children to face their perpetrators in court and to process their trauma. This report is voiced by Masejo Rachlacha. Only the guilty should be afraid of going to court. But it's a scary place, especially for a child. Once a month in Parktown, Johannesburg, the Teddy Bay Foundation for Abused Children runs a court preparation program. It teaches children how to prepare for one of the toughest days of their lives, the day they go to court to testify against an abuser. Today's magistrate, Tandega, walks into court. She's wearing long black robes with red trim and her favorite blue tackies. Tandega takes her seat next to Shiloh. They're both about seven and about the same weight. Shiloh's not wearing shoes. Peeking out from the bottom of a magistrate's gown is a wagging tail. We're inside a near exact replica of a courtroom at the Teddy Bay Foundation. About 30 children are tightly packed into the gallery. All the roles in this court are played by children and dogs. The magistrate and the accused are up first. They clutch their scripts in one hand and with the other they stroke their dog companions. Do you understand the charge, Mr. Smith? Yes, I do, Lord. How do you plead? Not guilty. Kids and dogs dressed up as court officials may seem a bit strange but the foundation believes it's all part of helping kids to recover from the trauma of abuse. By acting out a court drama, the children are also learning the rules and procedures of court. Some of them have been coming here for six years because they're waiting for a court date. Was it dark? Yes. Do you have special eyes that none of us have? I don't understand the question. Most of the kids are scared of cross-examination. I see that you are lying. I see that you have accused Mr. Smith without any evidence because you want to get Mr. Smith into trouble and, in your own words, get him back. I'm not lying. Everything I have said so far is true. University of Cape Town research shows one in three children in South Africa will have been sexually abused by their 17th birthday. The Teddy Bear Foundation wants the kids who go to court to be prepared. And are they helping you learn anything? Yeah. What are they teaching you? Um, the role players of the court. Can you name all of them? Yeah. Prosecutor, magistrates, court orderly, um, witness, suspect. Who's the most important person in court? Magistrate. Why? Because she or he is the boss of the court. 
No further questions. Also no further questions, Your Worship. As Mr. Smith's trial comes to an end, the kids shuffle outside. It's time for them to play with the therapy dogs. I like the dogs too much. What do you like about the dogs? They're so smooth. They are fluffy. Yeah. The dogs have a kind of intangible effect on the children. The foundation calls this silent processing. It's a little bit like magic. And something just happened. There was just this chemical release of energy. Shahida Omar runs the Teddy Bear Foundation. I have been in the field for 35 years, but I've been at the Teddy Bear Foundation for 20 years. And I have been told I even begin to look like a teddy bear, so I'll take that as a compliment. Shahida says she's witnessed silent processing only a handful of times. When it happens, everyone is amazed. So we had a six-year-old boy who was a victim of sexual abuse by the stepfather. And this young boy was very withdrawn. He did not engage in play, did not respond to any of the court prep counsellors. And, you know, we've got images captured where he just sat in the passage looking at the dogs, not coming near or even talking to anybody. And over a period of three months, he started coming closer, closer, and eventually was feeding the dogs. Suddenly, his eyes were all lit up and the enthusiasm and the energy he demonstrated was a lot of positive energy. And his engagement was so positive that when he testified, not only was he successful in ensuring a conviction, but his whole outlook, his whole demeanor, suddenly his eyes were all lit up and the enthusiasm and the energy he demonstrated was a lot of positive energy. So, you know, these are the kind No of one really knew what was happening. So the foundation started asking the kids themselves during their private one-on-one -on -one sessions with the court preparation counsellor. How long have you been attending court prep? One year and eight months. How have they helped you? They made me see the world out there. They made me feel like I'm at home. And they made me feel like I'm their friend. And I love seeing them here. A lot of them feel that the dogs help them enormously. But that's the problem with most studies on dog therapy. They rely on people telling you how they feel. In other words, often on anecdotes or what scientists call self-reported data. Many of the studies that show dogs help people sleep better don't actually track sleep patterns. They also rarely measure the primary stress hormone called cortisol. In 2015, a couple of researchers ran a literature review of hundreds of studies on animal-assisted interventions. They found only 10 qualified for inclusion. Many of the others were poorly designed or lacked scientific rigor. Published by the Center for the Human-Animal Bond at Purdue University, the literature review warned about the risk of bias in self-reported data. And this is why research into the value of therapy animals is so difficult because I believe it's an unconscious or pre-conscious processing moment or process. And that is so difficult to put your finger on. Joan van Neckerk is a child rights activist who ran one of the first dog therapy sessions for abused children in South Africa. 
If you were to ask me exactly what is happening that is beneficial, I would find it very difficult to tell you, but observing children's behavior, one sees that relaxation, one sees that letting go. You see a reduction of the child's stiffness in body posture. But Shahida Omar says there is some evidence that dogs increase children's love hormones. There is empirical-based evidence that supports the release of the stress hormones and the release of endorphins and the serotonin levels and oxytocin, which is a love hormone by stroking and touching something soft or cuddly, what it does, and the reducing of the cortisol levels as well. When I say it's based on scientific methodology that these kind of things does impact positively. So in association with the other rigorous methods of the court preparation process, this assists children, I think, and assists families in allaying those fears and anxieties. That was Shahida Umar from the Teddy Bay Foundation for Abused Children, ending that report. Darshan Moodley is the journalist who wrote the script and recorded the interviews, and Danny Boyson handled the sound editing. Masekh Rachlacha voiced this report. I'm Miamalan from Bekasisa, saying goodbye until next time. This was a Pegasus podcast.